You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon, good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell, alongside Gary A. McGowan, and you're tuned in to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have a special guest in the studio today, someone who's as, who's built his business and expanded his business during the during this COVID time. None other than Colby Carter. Welcome, Mr. Carter. There he is. My man. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks so much for having me here. Welcome. What is up? (laughs) I love that you're in the studio. You must be in the virtual studio or just, you know, outside around the corner type thing, man. Good to see you. (laughs) Yeah, you too. You too. This is part of our social life now, you know, get together online. Like, can't see people in person anymore. So this is wonderful. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So here's... I feel like I'm the guy entering your friendship and, and this is pretty cool. So you guys really have only met maybe two or three months ago through a really cool way. I, I, I've heard Colin's scenario or the story of it. I'd love to get your story of it, Colby. Well, I mean, what's there to say other than there was this beautiful man that came up on screen at a Tony Robbins event. <laughs> nice. I saw this guy and he came on. I mean, his charisma just like, I was like, I gotta know this guy. And when uh, I found out that he was actually like an agent in uh, Toronto, I was like, I gotta reach out to him. You know, we should connect. Like, uh, that's what Tony Robbins is all about. Talks about proximity is power, like your network and who you have. Uh, and so when I found out this guy was right near me, uh, I sent him a message on Instagram. I was like, dude, you're, you're a rock star. I love what your message was on Tony Robbins. And uh, yeah, no, that's kind of, uh, that was only what, a few months ago? Yeah, that was a couple of months ago. That was an amazing session there. I'm still putting in, I'm still, as I review my notes from that Tony Robbins session, it's like, oh, I need to implement this. Uh, like, it was such a powerful session, and I'm so grateful that we were able to connect uh, via that. So kudos to you, man. And great for taking that initiative to reach out because a lot of the times we go to, you know, these seminars and we see great people, whether they're talking on stage or wherever it is. And we never really take that step to reach out to say, Hey, you're somebody that I would like to have in my circle. And the moment you did that, like the feeling was definitely a mutual feeling like shit i need to i need to get to know this guy here's a guy who's doing great things in his business yeah i i want this guy to be in my circle so uh, it's a mutual feeling so that's our story there gear well and how crazy is that because that that tony robbins event you know he might host one or two a year the way in its current format and okay correct me if i'm wrong is that a worldwide event yeah Okay, so not only is it worldwide, but you kind of met a guy almost like in your own backyard, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah it's crazy, man. Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. Because we, I know we, Colin and I had some other friends attend it, like uh, a Lucy Parker, who's at a Dubai yes. and so forth. And it was really, yeah. I remember that uh, that event, although I didn't attend, I felt like I attended some of it because everyone is like posting photos and posting stuff. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And then not only was Colin sending me stuff, but I had other friends, as you can imagine, Colby, sending me um, photos of this dude over there. <laughs> On on screen, just as you just as you said, I'm like, what? The? Of course, of course, he's on screen with Tony. Yeah, <laughs> he's world famous now. He's world famous, and it's it's kind of like it's strange. But I actually met Lucy as well. She was part of the group that I was in for Tony Robbins. Shut up. She, she actually reached out and sent me an email after the event. That's that's amazing. That is so look cool. at that. Love it. Look at Small that. world, man. Small world. Love it, love it, and, love it. And that is the beauty about the internet because as no matter where we are on this, you know, big blue ball that is floating around in space, with technology, we're so much more connected now, right? So here it is. We're all doing this course that Tony Robbins is putting on and we're at opposite end of the globe and we're able to connect with people and we feel like we know them. You and I have never met physically, right? Yeah. But on Zoom, 
now it seems like I've known this guy for some time now. And then you go back, oh, it's only been a couple of months, right? Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, I'm super, super grateful that they could make the events virtual. <laughs> Seeing what they put into it and like kind of what we talked about previously, how every single entrepreneur has had to pivot during this. Like Tony's used to throwing like 10, 20,000 person live events. Like his whole thing is having it live. So to switch it to such an intimate atmosphere, all done virtually with that many people, like it's pretty extraordinary if you think about it. Yeah, it, it is awesome. So give us, let's let's learn a little bit about Colby and, uh, and your business and your background. Give us that kind of 60 second bio of, of who Colby Carter is. And okay, I'll try to skip all like the boom parts. Uh, well, I moved from Vancouver to Toronto about two and a half years ago. Uh, born and bred BC boy. Uh, had been in professional sales for most of my life ever since I was about 18 years old. Uh, I worked for some luxury companies uh, while I was in Vancouver. Came out to Toronto because I wanted a different change of pace. You know, it's more fast paced out here as opposed to the West Coast, which is a bit more laid back. And I told myself, I'll go to Toronto for a year, I'll hustle and bustle, and then when I'm successful, maybe I'll go back home to Vancouver. Uh, anyways, here I am almost three years later, uh, two businesses later as well, uh, absolutely loving it. Um, to talk a little bit about my business, uh, Movement Sports, we sell fitness equipment uh, that's made for people with small gym spaces, uh, as everybody listening, and of course you guys know as well. Uh, it's they don't exist. Uh, so I saw a niche uh, in COVID and I started working really closely with suppliers and bringing over these uh, like special equipment that's meant for like homes, condos, just more accessibility, you know, at home as opposed to like going to the gym all the time. Okay. So it's rare. It's rare, Colin, and I'm sure you, Colby, for sure, that you actually meet somebody that's from Vancouver to move to Toronto. Because how many yep. Toronto implants do we have out in Vancouver? I had been one of them twice on, on occasion. <laughs> but uh, so you came to Toronto because what? You, you, like you were saying, you saw perhaps a, a different opportunity or a bigger opportunity or, or t talk to us a little bit about that, Carter, or Colby. Yeah, so I just honestly wanted a change of pace. I had never been to Toronto my entire life. Uh, like many Torontonians have been to Vancouver uh, but I came here uh, what was it October 2018 or August 2018 sorry uh, for three days uh, absolutely fell in love with the city, fell in love with the vibe, the people, the food. Uh, and then a month and a half later, man, I got on a plane. I moved here. I didn't even have a place to live when I landed here. I had a real estate agent. She's wonderful. Uh, was helping me find a place. And when I landed, she's like, Colby, guess what? You got accepted into a place. Um, but yeah, man, it was just the overall vibe, feel of Toronto, uh, wanting something new in my comfort zone to try and grow and uh, it's treated me very very well I have a great group of friends here a great network uh, that's why I had no desire to leave yet and I'm here so much longer later <laughs> wow no that is quite interesting now help us understand what type of crazy is that for you to just <laughs> figure you're gonna leave BC nowhere to live and you're gonna just jump without a parachute and just pray to God that something opens up or something catches you. Help us understand that mindset, that entrepreneurial mindset that, you know what, I'm going to just jump and things are going to unfold. I'm going to trust in myself. I'm going to trust, you know, in the ultimate power, whatever that is. The best example I can Weekend. I have an uh, well, almost one-year-old puppy that my girlfriend and I got a year ago. Uh, and I was like, I'm a huge water person. I love the lake. Growing up in BC, I would always go swimming. And so I was like, no matter what, this dog is going to learn how to swim. Uh, so the last weekend, we went to Cherry Beach. They have this great dog park area. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to teach the pup how to swim. So we were out there for 45 minutes. And my whole mindset was like, dude, his name's Asher. He's a cute little guy. Sink or swim. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of like, that's like my whole mindset as well. It's like if you throw yourself into the deep end, it's like you're either going to learn how to swim real quick or you're going to sink real quick. Uh, and moving to Toronto, I didn't give myself many options except to start doing well, hustling more and committing to what I really wanted. That's commendable, man. That is commendable. Yeah. For, Some for might be a little spontaneous and stupid, but, you know, to each their own. 
and, and that's kind of the theme of today's show is the entrepreneurial spirit, right? And I think that's the entrepreneurial in a lot of people, not to say it's sink or swim, but it really is just trying new things. And, and I was watching a video uh, just, just yesterday, in fact, John Maxwell, we all love John Maxwell. Yep. And the name of the video, I kind of laughed, was Fresh. And I'm like, okay, where are you going with this, John? <laughs> but his, his, his thought process was, we need to surround ourselves with new, fresh ideas with, with new people all the time. In a sense, that's kind of what you guys have just done, right? With, with this friendship and, and allowing each other and those new people in your life to add new, fresh ideas. And that's exactly what you did, Colby, like two, three years ago, just jumping in and, 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 uh, seeing an opportunity because you wanted more for your life in a sense, right? Yeah. I mean, so far my entire life, like I've been very spontaneous with most of my decisions. Like I'm definitely like a gut over like thinking type of person. Like I'll just follow my gut. If I feel like something's right, it hasn't really led me wrong before. Yeah. There's been lots of learning experiences. Like you said, sinking isn't really like sinking. It's not failure. It's just another lesson you can learn to learn to take on to your next business or whatever your sort of like aspirations are. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's okay. pretty cool. So now walk us through. When did you come to Toronto with the intention to start a business or you just came to Toronto to say, I'm going to start just so something new, just something fresh? Yeah, so I always kind of wanted to start businesses. Like ever since I was a kid, I had sold like water balloons to my friends during the summer kind of thing. Uh, and they, I think it was maybe six or seven years ago, I started my first business I was selling products on Amazon, um, which it didn't go very well. I ended up losing a bunch of money. It was a great learning experience. Um, but coming to Toronto, um, I knew I wanted to start another business. At that point, I felt kind of stuck. And that's why I looked for like a fresh place to start new. Like I can be whoever I want to be, do whatever I want to do, get out of that typical routine I had before. So no, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I came here. But 100%, I came with the intentions of, I'm going to start a business. It's going to be successful. If this will go on to the next one. Uh, and that's kind of what I've done since I got here. I mean, I had two what we'll call failed businesses uh, before this one now uh, since I've been here. Uh, so as you can probably tell, I like starting new things and doing them spontaneously. Um, but yeah, so it's ever since I got here and I landed, I've just been like hustling. I've been trying to figure out what my niche is, what I'm passionate about, what I want to go for. Uh, and it's kind of funny how everything came around full swing because that first Amazon business was selling fitness equipment or like a sports product. And I, everything I had learned from that first business I'm using now and it's helped me like grow very, very quickly in my industry. Uh, so even though like we were talking about, like you see something as a failure, it's like I would never be where I'm at in this business if I hadn't done that first business six or seven years ago. So wait a second. So, and, and this just helps me to understand this. You're gonna come, leave BC, come to Toronto. It's the six, you know, it's the New York of Canada you're going to figure your way out and get to the top of this, you know, food chain. Did you come with like, you know, bags of money? Were you written, was, were you given, you know, a big check to say, go figure everything out and we have you covered? What, what was happening there? No, I did not come with a big bag of money. I came uh, full transparency. I came with about 50 grand in debt. Um, I had previously gone through a bankruptcy uh, to clear out my personal debt from when I was younger. Um, being a businessman, you know, like sometimes you need a fresh start as well. So was I like... I don't know, like a carbon copy of the ideal person who wants to come to a new city and start a business with a whole bunch of money. No, I was coming from rock bottom in my life. And rock bottom is usually when I start like, like everybody else working harder, like making decisions, telling yourself, I never want to be here again. Uh, and I really use that as like my jet fuel, you can call it to like take off, keep going and just find a way around it. And if I didn't have that experience, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily would have worked as hard as I did. So uh, no, I didn't come here with bucket loads of money. I didn't know anybody when I moved here. I had two acquaintances. Uh, I just really wanted a fresh start somewhere where I was away from all the other external sources I had in Vancouver, came to Toronto and just started building my life. 
Uh, that's pretty well. And thanks for sharing that part of it. Cause we often talk about, and we glamorize the success, right? And, and we don't often see some of those failures in the past and so forth. And I know Colin and, and definitely myself, we've had, you know, similar failures that, that, you know, build us up and everything else. And, and, you know, when you get to start a new venture like this, you know, that it, not to say it can't get any worse, but what, what I think the the new, you know, the new set of lenses or the new glasses that you get to look at it from is this is going to succeed because I know how not to succeed. Right. And, yeah. and now I'm going to do everything to see this venture through. And I think that's, 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 that's commendable. And I can't think of any or many business success stories that don't have the failures along with it. Right. Yeah, man. I Fail mean, forward. like, yeah. You probably heard the saying, like, what is it? The master has failed more times than like the Padawan even tried or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of circle back to what your venture is at the moment. And, um, and the success, I can't even speak if I could say it success that you're getting and seeing today. And it's within the fitness industry. And of course, you know, over the last year or so, uh, people have looked, uh, for various ways to enhance their fitness and talk to us a little bit about how you landed on that was going to be what propelled you and your business forward and, and, you know, how you serve that industry. Yeah, so uh, how it kind of started out was uh, like a year ago or so. Um, gyms were, of course, still closed in Ontario, where one of the main provinces where gyms have always been closed. Other places, they've been fluctuating a bit, but here they've been constantly closed. Uh, and so I was buying myself a pair of dumbbells off of Facebook Marketplace. And I noticed that like everything was astronomically priced, like it was ridiculous. Um, and so the guy I was buying from was selling a whole bunch of dumbbells, but for really good prices. And I was like, you know, like, why don't I take $200, buy an extra pair, see if I can flip it, make like 50 bucks or something. Uh, so I started doing that. So my initial investment into this business was $200. Uh, and so I just kept taking the profits. I was like, okay, why don't I buy a couple more? Okay, Start hang on, flipping. time out, Colin and listeners. <laughs> you realize, so we're always in the real estate industry. So you're buying and flipping just as we would in the yeah. real estate industry. I love it, yeah, dude. Keep going, keep going, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, houses a little bit bigger to flip, but same general idea. Better profit margins for sure, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kept buying and flipping. And then I remember at one point, uh, I was selling them out of my condo. My girlfriend was like, I was driving her crazy, man. I had like 20 boxes of dumbbells like against the walls and we live in 550 square feet. It is cozy. Uh, we're actually moving in two weeks to something bigger. But uh, yeah, so I had boxes like stacked along the walls everywhere in this place and uh, people were meeting me outside the condo. I was going to sell it to them. I bought myself a dolly, like my first piece of office equipment. Nice. And then eventually, uh, like I have a huge parking lot next to my building. I rented a U-Haul and then I filled the U-Haul with dumbbells and I was selling dumbbells on the back of a U-Haul in this parking lot beside my building. Sometimes at like 10 p.m. at night in the dark, really, really sketchy stuff. Uh, but then I just took all of the money that I made. I invested it into like a website, uh, into a fulfillment center importing products so I could get much more affordable prices. Uh, and then that really allowed me to come in and offer my clients really, really affordable equipment. Like my whole idea was I want to make good quality equipment, affordable and accessible for the average Canadian. Um, because looking at the prices that there were before, it was just ridiculous. People were charging like $4 a pound for weights when they were $1.50 before. And so I made sure to like price everything really affordably. And I think that's part of my success. Like I say, like I'm not in the fitness industry. I'm in the customer service industry. I love working with my clients every single one of my clients and you can ask them if you ever meet them first thing they get from me when they order is a text message thanking them so much telling them if they ever need anything pick up the phone call me don't bother send me an email i'll get back to them right away uh, and so kind of using that customer service as well as like i guess good timing with covid a lot of stubbornness for to keep going and keep growing uh has like yeah my, my business has accelerated quicker than i would think it, it's I'm very grateful for COVID, but you know, I still wish it wasn't here, but while it is here, business is doing quite good. Well, now that's awesome. Before you jump in there, Colin, I, there's that old saying out there, there's always opportunity and chaos, 
Absolutely. Okay. Right, buddy? Absolutely. Yeah. And with, with that being said, Gary, because so many of us, and you know me, I like delving into the mindset of why people do what they do. So many of us will see that opportunity and just say, okay, somebody else will pick up on it. But that hunger inside of you to say, okay, right now I'm not working. I don't have a job. Um, there's this fire that is burning inside of me to create my own business. I'm going to start buying dumbbells and flipping them. And then it went from, let me buy an extra one, make 50 bucks on that, to a U-Haul truck full of dumbbells. <laughs> I, I like that part of it, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank and now the, now the guy business has exploded in less than two years. That there, That is next level. What inside of you is pushing you to just keep going? Because most people will say, okay, they flipped two or three dumbbells. Oh, I made a thousand bucks. Okay, this is going to pay for groceries or rent for the month. What made you decide to, I'm going to turn this into business? I mean, besides my girlfriend being like, yo, man, you got to either get a job or have a successful business coming up here. (laughs) There it is. I mean, I, I, I think we all want the same thing out of life. You know, you want to do something that you love. Like, you know, like if it's something you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. Um, and everything else I'd always tried to do wasn't really like fulfilling for me or I didn't enjoy as much. And I think one of the reasons I stayed with this was because I love the fitness industry. Like I've worked out since I was 15 years old at the gym. Uh, my uncle used to compete like throughout Canada. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are personal trainers. So I've been in this industry and I know the people and I enjoy the people. Like, you know, when you help a customer who is currently like they're like a huge fitness aficionado and they can't work out during COVID by giving them dumbbells, I'm a hero to them. Like you should see like some of like the text message I get from clients. Like I don't even talk to my girlfriend that romantically. Like people are like, oh, these dumbbells have changed my life. Like I can't believe how happy I am. I wasn't working out and you know, it's like that's kind of my driving factor is the fact that my customers are so awesome. And truthfully, I'm a very lazy person at heart or I want to be lazy. So I've built my business in a way where the only thing that I have to do in it right now is get to interact with my customers. I don't have to ship my inventory. I don't have to see my inventory. All I get to do is deal with these awesome people. And so that's really been my whole driving force this entire time. That's That's really cool. And I love that you brought the laziness into this conversation because that's where Colin and I are are definitely on the opposite. And, and I've always had this theory and and I've heard it said before, not, you know, lazy is kind of a, a derogatory word sometimes. However, however, Colby, often leaders will give tasks to the so-called lazy people because they know that they will get to the finish line the fastest. Right. Because I love that. They, they'll go through all of this and they're going to figure out that direct line. Okay. I got to get this accomplished and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm going to go to there. And it's, it's interesting to see those two diff- different types of personalities work with each other. Right. You nailed it on the head, man. My favorite saying, like ever since I was a kid is you give the laziest person the hardest job, they'll find the quickest way to do it. And that has always <laughs> been me, man. That's always been me. Yeah. And like, Colin can speak to like what Tony taught us about how you want your business and not an operator. I think too many people are preaching like working 23 hour days, like hustle and bustle, but you do what you're good at. Don't waste your time on all the nitty gritty. That's going to waste your, like, like fill up your day when you could be doing something that's much more productive, hire a team to support you or do things that you don't necessarily want to do. And that is exactly what you've done. You've leveraged so much of it. So all you're focusing on is the most important thing, which is being in communication with your clients. Because that communication equals customer service. That customer service equals, Mr. Carter is such a great guy. I'm going to tell all my friends and family about him. And now everyone on the block is walking around with dumbbells, you know, 
as they're outside, right? So is there anything else that you're selling? Is it just dumbbells? What else uh, did you expand beyond just just flipping dumbbells? So we do have, uh, so how I kind of started my online business was my first product was my smaller pair of dumbbells, which is the 52 and a half pound. Uh, and then I went to the 10 to 90 pound. Uh, but I really wanted to come up with like a typical home setup that will get somebody from A to Z where they can start working out and doing their typical exercises uh, that they would at the gym. So I was like, they also need a good bench. Uh, they need a rack for the dumbbells and they need the rubber gym flooring because if I destroy these hardwood floors in my condo, you know, my landlord will kill me. Um, so right now I only have five products, but one thing that I wanted to focus on was making sure that my five products, if I'm going to have such a small product line, they better be be phenomenal um, too many people nowadays are selling junk there's a lot of people selling these dumbbells that are just not to the standard that they should be um, so I really wanted to find a manufacturer that was going to specialize in the fitness industry and making the quality of equipment that I need for my customers to get that five-star review to get the referrals because that's how like you grow a business is if you don't have those referrals you don't have happy customers you're really not going to take off uh, so yeah I only have five products still um, but since Jim's are potentially opening up soon. Uh, I am expanding the product line because I want my current clients uh, who love their at-home gyms and who want to expand it to have more access to more equipment from me. Uh, so I'll be bringing in squat racks, barbells, like the easy curl bars, uh, just kind of like what that next step is for what your workouts would be and what equipment you would want to add at home. I like it. And, and I'm, I'm, I am definitely amongst all that large group last year that put a home gym in. And I, I feel you, man, like all of those prices, I could see that how that would become an opportunity for you. Right. And, and we didn't even go buy any equipment. We just renovated one of our rooms, put the flooring in and we looked at those prices and said, no way we'll continue to use what we've got. And, and, and as you probably have experienced Colby is and, and, and you know, this probably the most, you don't need the, the $20,000 worth of gym equipment. You, you just need a few items and, and that's what you've, 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 you've sought opportunity and you, you said, okay, I'm only going to have two, three, four, now five items and that's it. Cause that's all you need to have to succeed right at this moment. Yeah. I mean like the whole idea that's been driving, like what products I bring in was, like I use everything that I sell. Like I, like I said before, I live in 550 square feet. Uh, my gym section, I measured it is about eight by four, like eight feet by four feet. That's not like meters or anything. It is cozy. It's against the window of my condo. Uh, like people that say they don't have space to work out. I'm like, Yes, you do. If you want to work out bad enough, you will find the space. Uh, so yeah, like I use all five products in my home because I was like, this is exactly the kind of setup I want. Um, and yeah, man, it's, uh, yeah. Now help us understand because now we're looking at it where gyms are being opened. You know, people are going to start by going to, well, the assumption is people are going to start by going to the gym. Do you think with the majority of people who've pivoted to working out from home, they're going to still continue that trend or they're going to drop it and move back into the gym. Where do you see this, uh, the fitness industry going? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really like the golden question for anybody in the fitness industry right now. And of course, that's been like my main driving factor in all my business decisions is what happens when gyms open up, like your golden goose is kind of gone. Uh, but one of the main things I've seen and with a lot of my clients, uh, people that have started to work out at home, they like working out at home. Going to the gym, especially when there's limitations during COVID, you have to book the gym, you have to go in there, you have to line up before you go in, you might have to wait for a machine, you have to get ready to go to the gym, you have to drive to the gym, drive back home. Like if you're a busy professional uh, like us who has only so many hours in the day to spend, when you can bust out a workout, like literally roll out of bed, you can do it in your underwear if you want to, just start working out in your living room. Uh, people have really started to become used to working out at home. Uh, like Colin, you saw on Tony Robbins, we had the CEO of Peloton join us on there and he was talking about the fitness industry. And we really think that there's been a permanent shift and pivot from what it originally was. Yes, are a lot of people going to go back to the gym? Of course. Like there's that social aspect. There's something motivating about seeing the people there. 
lot of people, especially the ones that have arrested like hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars into their at-home gym, you don't want to see your bench turn into a coat rack. So people would rather spend another $500 instead of a gym membership onto some more equipment to grow it at home. Um, It's hard to get into a routine. It's a little weird in the beginning because you have your couch right next to you. Netflix is readily available. Um, But as soon as you start working out at home, man, I love it. It takes me an hour to do what I would do in an hour and a half at the gym, minus all the travel time and everything else. That's a lot of extra time in the week that I can spend doing anything else. Yeah, I love it. I love having our home gym because it doesn't matter what time of day or at 930 in the evening is, is when I like to go down, for instance, I and it's right there. It, it's so easy, accessible, and the big word, convenient, right? Absolutely. Yes. So, Colin, uh, it might be time. What do you think? It's that time. It's that time. All right. All right. So Col- Colby's like, what the heck are you talking about? So here's what we like to do, my friend. Uh, we're going to we're gonna do some rapid oh, fire questions to have some fun here and just kind of goof around. And um, for our listeners that have seen this segment before, these are all serious questions. No, no, they are oh, not. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so well, a serious conversation with you guys, hey? That's right, that's right. So um I'm gonna I gotta let we gotta kick this off the right way, a little bit of music. There we go. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you some questions. You give us the first answer that comes to your mind and we'll have some fun with it. All right? Cool. All right. Would you rather be texting or talking? Talking. Talking. All right. Favorite season of the year. Fall. Fall. All right. This one. This this one's uh, an interesting question. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? No. <laughs> uh, no. 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 As long like as you it. don't bite the head off first. <laughs> okay. So you got to leave the head. Head. Head gets eaten last. Then maybe. Uh, first celebrity crush. Ooh. First uh, celebrity crush. Mm, I'd have to say Megan Fox when she was in the original Transformers movie. Like I was like a teenager when that came out. And man, I think that put me into puberty. There you go. Congratulations, (laughs) by the way. I I think. (laughs) Uh, Favorite. Okay, this is a good one. Hence our topic of the day in your business. Uh, Favorite junk food. Oh, chips. Chips. I like it. And speaking of chips. Yeah, car, carb load. That's right. Speaking of chips, carb lobing, lobing, loading. Uh, is it is it double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Hundred percent. No, get your nasty mouth away from there. <laughs> get your own cup of dip. Um, very good. Okay, you've got a dog. Big dogs or small dogs? Ooh, small dog. Small dogs. Okay, condo. I get it. Whatever. We can still be yeah. friends, though. That's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's your what's your what superpower would you like to have? Ooh, I would probably say flight. Flight. I like it. I like it. Now, the next two questions are are incredibly serious. Name. Hey, yeah, good. I'm glad that you did. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Sorry, you just broke up, brother. Can you repeat that? Okay. That's that's just enhancing this question even more than name one of the seven dwarfs. Sleepy. There it is. Yeah. Right, right on cue. By far the leading answer of this of this very serious quiz. Um, and now the last question. And this this so okay, my friends, music off for a second. Um, this next question will actually determine whether or not you remain friends with Colin. Oh, oh. Uh, that, that, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. <laughs> we may have just broken up a friendship, but that's okay. was going to be man, but no, I got to stick to my guns. Yeah, yeah. And I knew, I knew in asking. Like angry you are not, Colin. Uh, I, I just knew in asking that question and, and, and age might have been a factor there that it was going to be Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, very good. A little fun we like, that we like to have with our, with our guests. That's pretty cool. Thanks for playing along. That's awesome. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. I think that's the first test that I finished in a long time or ever did okay on, you know, entrepreneurs, (laughs) us in like the education system. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, No, and thanks for bringing that up. What were you like in school? Because we know most entrepreneurs, they struggle in the school system, right? Because you have to fit into that mold. What were you like in school? I, (laughs) so, you know, I wish I could have my mom on here to tell you all about my report cards and the comments that I had on there. It's funny because I was just in BC not too long ago and she still has a bunch of boxes of my stuff from school and she was going through them because she's like, if you're moving to Toronto, like you have to bring this stuff over. But uh, another story, my report cards are the comments that I would have in classes. Basically, Colby doesn't shut up. Like he's always talking to other people. Like he's the social butterfly. If only Colby would apply himself. If only Colby would study more. Like, I don't know. Like if you guys ever taken, it's called the Colby assessment. I'm not narcissistic. It's K O L B E. Really, really cool test that actually like, it's like an, it's almost like an aptitude test, but it measures uh, how you do, like how you go into things, like in your business, in your life. Uh, and the school system is really built for those people called like fact finders and follow throughs, like the people that like to do research, the people that like a schedule. And that is completely the opposite of me. I'm a quick start. That's like my test. I'm a heavy quick start. Like Colin, you said in the beginning, it's like jumping out of a plane and then for, like forgetting the parachute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta take a chance here, Colby. Maybe you and I are very similar. Um, I know on my report cards, if I could, you know, get exempt from an exam, it was only like sixty percent. And I would always strive for <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't strive for the 80. I would always do just enough just so I wouldn't have to do all that kind of stuff because yeah, likewise, I was not um yeah, I think I think our report cards may have been very similar <laughs> from that perspective. But it's fun. It's funny that you say that like we're, you know, like, what happens? Well, it's funny that you say that with the report card that, you know, they're saying Kobe doesn't shut up. He's the social butterfly. But right away now I'm looking at it as like, oh, he's a salesperson. Right. He, like he, now as adults or and as entrepreneurs, we can look back and pick it out. Yo, that that kid is going to be a salesperson. They're going to do great at sales because, you know, they're always because everything is sales. Right. So everything. it's interesting that that you, we can make these connections later on in life. But as we're going through them, you know, we're looking at ourselves as failures. And now here it is you know, a successful businessman who started multiple business. Yes, you've not only failed, but you've learned from those experience to create a business of where you are today. And you're going to just continue to build and grow on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Colin, I'm, I'm reminded, I yeah, wish I, I could remember, sorry, Colby, I wish I could remember the specific name, but there's that, 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 um, that teacher out of the UK that has a couple of Ted talks and now he's become like a, the, the Lord yes. or whatever. And yes. he, over the years, sir, sir, something, sir. Gallagher, yeah. He's I a fellow. I can't yeah. No. And yeah. Fellow sir. And his, he tells this story on how we are failing our children with the education system. And, and to sum it all up, he tells this story, Colby of a, a young girl in class that couldn't sit still just couldn't sit still, couldn't sit still, couldn't sit still. And she might've been eight or nine and, and, and just couldn't concentrate on the schoolwork and everything. And then the mom starts taking her to different, um, therapists, psychiatrists. And finally the, the right guy sits down in front of her. He goes, I know your exact problem. And the the mom's like, okay, what your daughter's a dancer. And make a long story short, I wish I could remember her name, but she turns out to be one of the world's most finest ballerina dancers that the world has ever seen. Yeah. And, it, and wow. it's, it's really cool because when you start to figure out like your, where you, your niche is and where your love is and, and helping people, now you get to see, you know, the, the benefits of, of your background, your lifestyle, your mindset and how that gets to affect so many other people, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Absolutely. I think how we like 
measure intelligence or like look at kids and what they can do in the future is it's very cookie cutter approach to the education system right like as an entrepreneur there isn't really anything that's setting us up for the future like there's not even like money management courses that they teach you in high school or anywhere like that would have saved me a buttload of money when i was younger um but yeah i mean like i don't know if you guys have seen the movie the accountant uh when they talk about like how you can measure intelligence and how we might be doing it incorrectly. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. Like we got to look at people in a different way now. And actually like you were put on this planet to do what you're best at. Like call it your gift, call it whatever you want to. Like there's one thing that you know everybody for in your life that they excel at one particular area. It's like, you're, like, you know, like that little trait that you're just well known for. And you just have to find a way to like stay in that zone all the time. If you're in that zone, that's when you get your best results. That's when you're happiest. And every time we try to do something else, like if you tell me to do like a 20 page essay on anything, obviously I'm not going to do good. I don't want to sit and write for like four hours. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, back to the fitness industry and and uh, your, your love for for fitness and so forth. I I remember years ago I was at at a, in a big workshop, in fact, and it was actually all about real estate investing. And they brought up um, uh, a speaker, and maybe Colin, you were there. I was at the Real Estate Investment Network, and the speaker talked about the importance of not only our mind fitness, right? Because that we often do that a lot, like with the Tony Robbins um, of the world and things like that. We're always working on our, ourselves. And her point was, we work on ourselves so much, but we forget about the fitness side of it. What What's the use of working on our mind all the time? And I'd love to hear yeah, from you, just yeah. your outlook and, your, and the importance that you have in your life on, on your personal fitness from a body perspective. I mean, I, like, I think they're one and the same. I mean, like I've dealt with anxiety in my life and I know anxiety comes from a direct source of me not working out, me not feeling healthy. Like whenever I'm like going to the gym, whenever I'm running, whenever I'm working out at home, whenever I'm doing any sort of physical activity for my body, I feel like my mind is a lot clearer. Um, like one of the only ways for me to actually like work through a lot of my stress in the day is by picking up something heavy and throwing it around, you know, like we got to get that frustration out somehow. And, uh, like for me, like whenever I'm in like a healthy routine with my body, I feel good about it. I feel more confident in myself. That's when I come up with my best ideas. Um, so I really like, and you've heard it a million times, like healthy body, healthy mind. Um, but it goes both ways, you know, uh, like definitely for people like us, like we definitely like to train our mind, go to Tony Robbins events, things like this. But there's a lot of people that still only focus on their physical health as well and don't actually go for that mental health as well. Uh, so it really depends kind of like what industry you're looking at. But of course, in the fitness industry, like the, uh, the body is the main focus for this. But I do it as a direct correlation for a healthy mind. Uh, that's important. Interesting that you say that. Interesting that you say that because um, I think with COVID, it's allowed people to start looking at themselves. I know in the beginning, we we're like, okay, we're home, we're going to eat this much. But then you start, people started going out for walks, they started doing more things. You know, we started setting up our home gyms and so on. Now, what is the right way to set up an, a home gym? Right. Because I'm sure there's a right and wrong way. And you with a, you know, 550 square foot condo, you've managed to accomplish that. Um, so how does one go about setting up a home gym so that we can be healthy mentally both and physically? Uh, the main thing kind of comes down to like top two things, space and budget. Like look at how much space you're working with and look at what your budget is and really like stay within there. There's no reason to spend excessive amounts of money unless you want to. If you're the type of person that can dedicate an entire like 500 square foot room in your house to building out a gym, go for it. Like 100% believe in that. If you're like me and you have very limited space uh, and you don't want to like break the bank, then find equipment that's going to work well for you. Like I have my foldable bench right here in front of me, holds up to like 550 pounds, which is more weight than you would ever need, but I can collapse it and like stick it in a corner. So really like figure out what your space is like at home, make that space your gym, figure out what your budget is, and then find the equipment that like matches your lifestyle. Mm, I like so it. I like it. And, and are there certain um, programs that are better than the others or is it just a matter of as we always say, just 
get out there. So just, just start doing something. Uh, what, what's your advice around that? Definitely just start, start doing something. But one of the great things about COVID is personal training has become very accessible and very affordable. When you were going to the gyms before, the gyms were charging large amounts for personal training and the personal trainers were only getting a fraction of that. Now with virtual training, personal trainers, like their businesses are booming. They can do everything virtually through Zoom and they can charge affordable prices while they're still making more money, but they'll get more clients because you don't have to pay like $80, $90 an hour or something crazy. You can find a personal trainer now for 30, 40 bucks an hour, uh, which is very, very affordable for even the average person. If you just want it once, twice, three times a week, whatever budget. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can get started by just moving and doing everything. But if you do need help, and you need that extra push for motivation, like even I do sometimes, like think about getting a personal trainer now, look at what your options are, like it, it will never be a better time to get that sort of assistance for a more like uh, than a better value than there is right now. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and you're right, there's so many options out there too. And, and I, I love how this is just provided like this past year has provided you know so many different platforms for people to to support each other with like, i think it's pretty amazing actually like but look at how much the industry have changed right like we started seeing now because before when i started with my home gym was everything bowflex and all the big clunky stuff right and i i, I love bowflex uh, because i i don't know i just like the bands in it but now we started to see the way Peloton took off, right? Peloton took off with, okay, you have someone and they're going to, you, you, you're a part of this group, this tribe, this community, and we're going to ride every morning at 8 a.m. And then you start seeing the mirror, which there's a, almost a virtual coach there. So this, this time that we've seen over the last year and a half has really accelerated the, the change in the fitness industry. What yeah, are your thoughts on that? Changed dramatic. It's changed dramatically. I mean, you're looking at every single fitness business and how they had no choice but to pivot. Uh, sorry, pivot. Um, you look at gyms and like they can't charge their people gym memberships anymore because they're not going in, but they're offering like free online classes. Uh, I know my girlfriend absolutely loves to do yoga. Uh, so for Valentine's Day, I just hung this bar across our roof uh, and I got her like this tapestry drape and a couple heaters so she could have her own hot yoga room um but yoga is even done online now uh, and i know her yoga studio they actually have like parking lot yoga since they can't be inside yet uh, so really like everything in the industry no matter what you like to do like it, it could be yoga it could be spin class it could be going to the gym some way or another it's been made much more accessible and it's completely different than what it was uh, two years ago yeah, and, and yeah. a lot of those companies like like the Peloton and so forth, or the Les Mills, for instance, and that's one of the programs that we use here in our house. They they've so let's let's circle back to kind of how we started here at customer service and, and appreciating your customers and giving them an, an absolutely amazing experience. That's all they've been able to do in a sense. Not all, but that's what they focus on is providing such an amazing experience. Right. And that's and what I'm getting from you, Colby, is that's the type of service you love providing your clients in a sense is that amazing experience. Yeah. Like right now, like it's mostly like customer service experience. One thing that I really want to work towards in the next six months to a year is an actual experience, you know, where like you could potentially use our equipment or there might be something happening where you can get some personal training, be part of our community. Uh, but I guess you guys will have to wait and see what's in the pipeline. I like it. I like it. I think there's some hints dropped along in there, but I like yes. it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So um, this whole time, as if you've been watching on screen, uh, you can see your Instagram handle there. But how before we, we sign off on here, how, what are the, the couple of different ways that people can get a hold of you, uh, Colby? Simply just send me a message 
message. You can follow us on Instagram, direct message. Uh, my cell phone number is listed on our website, www.movementsports.ca. Uh, really, any way you want. I'm always on my phone. I'll probably get back to you within 10 minutes tops. Uh, but I'm completely open to it. I mean, my customers message me in every single format. So, uh, And I have given your listeners, your guys' clients, 10% off of all our equipment as a thank you for having me on here. Uh, and I would really love to like Pick up the phone, call me, tell me what your kind of space you're looking with, tell me what you want help with, and I would love to get them every, like get them all set up. Awesome, awesome. So we'll so make sure now when that- some Go, Go ahead, ahead my friend. Dear. Okay, well, okay. I was just going to say, we'll make, sure, we'll make sure all that information is in the show links and everything else like that. Uh, go ahead, Colin. Perfect. Yeah, uh, is there a special promo code or anything that they should be using for a limited time, or all of that is going to be in the Black and white tent. Black. What was that? We can throw it into the description. Black and white ten. Black and white ten. There you have it, folks. See? Okay. It does. It does make um, make sense to be a benefit. Or uh, you do have benefits of being a black and white member. Whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. <laughs> our tribe, man. Our tribe. Here we go. Yes. Here we go. And and movement sports is M V M N T sports uh, dot is it dot com dot ca sorry dot ca dot ca we're Canadian owned operated only work within Canada you guys are the people we love to work with there you have it love it love it love it nice, beautiful nice Colin over to you to sign off here and uh, in Dude, the state Colby yeah that was truly amazing thank you for being so you know vulnerable with us sharing your history with us. Um, what it's like to you know just get out there and take action because uh, i know so many of the times you know we look and we want to make that change we we know there there's more inside of us but is that fair and you're a great example of how we just need to step outside that fear and watch the beauty of everything unfold so it was just a, a privilege and an honor to have you share this last hour with us. Truly appreciate it. Uh, for myself here and Gary uh, from the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast, it's a true honor to all our listeners. Guys, thank you. Kobe, looking forward to seeing you succeed beyond all your wildest dreams, man. Thank you guys so, so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Very good. We'll see everybody on the next show. And of course, you can always uh, listen to us on your favorite podcast player of choice. We'll see everybody. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Now go make it an amazing day for somebody.